0: Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live today from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host Joey No Chill Prano via Venice Beach. Question mark.
1: Yeah, Venice Beach. Here I am. Home sweet home.
0: How's it doing, dude? I miss it. You know, I'm almost on two weeks. Like, that's a long time to be gone.
1: Yeah. What What do you miss especially? I want you to know I just walked down my block and uh, it was like a retro Vince day. Somebody had uh, eaten some pizza out of like a pizza box. Okay. but But it seems like they ate the first like 60% of every slice, so – the last like 30 percent of pizza plus the entire crust of like five slices of pizza were just like tur- turned over like in a box I was, I was like what what kind of homeless person is like i don't eat the crust
0: <laughs> you know what's funny Prino? I also
1: think- also i don't eat like four bites from the crust like
0: you and I it's are the like, only
1: it's – like, It's like a Venice guy being like, can I get some money for booze? And you're like, yeah. He's like, I was really thinking some Johnny Black. And
0: you're like- <laughs> I'm telling you, you and I are the only ones who notice this. Is, is anyone else noticing this odd phenomenon of homeless people not eating the full slice of pizza? And, and for the record, anyone who doesn't eat the crust, you suspect in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. Right? Absol- who, who are these yeah. people?
0: I don't do the crust. What do you, Woody, my, my six-year-old nephew? And yeah, the, and unto the crust.
1: Like, you would think it would be one thing if you were, like, one of those people that's like, I'm gluten-free, but, like, you can't eat everything else and not the crusts. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: you're right. That's funny. Uh, to answer your question, though, I, just the weather, I know we harp on it, but it's like today is probably day four or five in a row where I haven't seen the sun. Wow. So, you know, it just goes in those funk's where it's like, "Oh, it's great for 3 days and then rain, clouds, rain, clouds." And
1: I mean, we've got we've got the May gray going on, but so, you know, it's it's really cloudy right now, but obviously, as you know, that burns off. Yeah. Usually around noon.
0: Well, before we get to all the sports stuff, I did attend the insane Clown Posse concert as I posted on social media. Friday night.
1: Good Didn't, job by your, good job by your mom with that makeup.
0: You think she did an alright job? Yeah, she was laughing really hard. She kept, she kept laughing, and then it would make me laugh. And she because you can't. She because we got to stop laughing because it's harder to put the makeup on.
1: How uh, many other people were in the makeup?
0: I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking that last night. There was probably four hundred people at the concert. My brother thinks five hundred. I don't think there was that many. It's probably four hundred people there. I'd say. Eight to ten percent had makeup on, okay, so probably probably ten percent. I'd say probably forty people had makeup on, but I still stuck out. It's funny because I, I didn't I was like debating what to wear, and I wasn't sure about the concert. It was listed as an outdoor venue because that venue also has an outdoor stage, and it was listed as sixteen and up, but that just wasn't true. We you know we showed up. it was in the inside part of the venue, and, which is real That's small. And, and
1: there were ten year olds.
0: There was no, not at all. That's what I'm saying. There was, there was no, there was definitely no one underage there. Definitely an older crowd. Uh, but I just wore a black sweatshirt, which I bought because I was like, I'm gonna get fago everything all over my body. What
1: it fago?
0: So here's what they do. And I had heard about this. So what insane clown posse does?
1: By, by the way, fago is what like. We used to call kids in like middle school, like a, a, we, Italian kids would be like, look at this <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> nice, like, t-shirt, nice t-shirt, figo."
0: <laughs> what it is, Prano, it's a cheap knockoff cola from Detroit and ICP is also from Detroit. So it'd be like, you know how like they do when you go to Costco, what is it? Like the members mark, like their cheap brand knockoff.
1: Yeah, like Kirkland Brand. Yeah,
0: Kirkland Brand. That's it. Members Mark, I think, is Sam's Club. So that's basically that version of a soda. So what they do is they have Fago on stage. And I knew this going in, but I thought they, did, they did just did this at one portion of the show. But no, the entire show, they have two large things of Fago, And throughout the entire show, they just spray the crowd. And the two dudes from ICP also always have a bunch of other people on stage, whether they're dressed as clowns or aliens or ghosts. They change outfits. They're spraying Fago too. So it's basically a nonstop Fago shower throughout the show. And it was pretty wild. I'll say this much. I'm not saying I'm a juggalo, but from a production value and watching it from an entertainment value, I found the show thoroughly entertaining. Wow. Like I would go to another concert. What? I
1: would. You'd go to another concert? Like you're like are you buying are you like downloading some of the tracks?
0: I want to hear some of their tracks out of curiosity, but I found both my brother Elliot who went with me. So shout out to him for going with me. You know, he's a big music guy. He's the music guy of our family and he was fascinated also it was just him and i both share a curiosity of not only what
1: what what by the way what's a wilder hot take that you enjoyed the live icp show or i enjoyed the live iggy Azalea show
0: that's a good question i think you're i think your iggy maybe is a little is a little more out there um really
1: you're like i'm going to go to another fucking icp show well well
0: here's my thing for just people watching like From the show, again, like I said, from the production end of the different zombies or whatever came out on stage to, I didn't understand what they were saying. Like, lyrically, musically, I'm not even talking about that stuff. Like, I basically tuned that out to watching the crowd, to the crowd surfing. Multiple fights broke out mid-show, and basically security can't do much because they're in a mosh pit. People were falling, they were crowd surfing And Elliot and I just could not stop laughing because there was multiple times where somebody just ate shit. Like there was one time there was a girl they were pushing and she just fell probably three or four feet just hard onto the stage. And like that was entertaining, all that. But I still definitely stuck out. I wore a sweat, I was like, whatever, I'm wearing sweatpants. I wore sweatpants and a black sweatshirt. But it was, let me put it this way. My brother Elliot, like, he was the same way. It's like this is wild. Like I can't stop watching this stuff.
1: Now, what? When you stuck out, what were they wearing?
0: They were all in like go figure. A lot of cargo shorts, a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of jeans. But like you could just tell everything from like my hairstyle to just everything. I, I felt like, am I going to get outed? And then I went to the bathroom.
1: Hey, you're not a real fago. <laughs> juggalo. Juggalo. <laughs> juggalo.
0: So I went to the bath Hey,
1: you're a- Hey, this guy's not the real McCoy. This guy's a fago juggalo.
0: <laughs> so I go to the bathroom at one point in the show and there's there's three juggalos in there and the one guy's face is all scratched and cut up and he's like he's like that fucking pussy he scratched me when we got in a scrum, and I'm just listening to him as I'm peeing. And he's like, Yeah, what kind of bitch scratches? He's like, when you're when you're in the mosh, but you punch and fight, he's like only he goes, Who's got nails that big? And then the guy who's washing his hands, who's not with them, suddenly goes, Only reason to have nails that big is to snort cocaine, and they're like, Yeah, yeah. And I'm just listening to all this thinking, oh my god, where am I?
1: That's insane.
0: But yeah, we did it. We we made it happen and uh I'll even go this far. Interesting group of girls there, but there were a couple girls who I even said to my brother, like, ah, those aren't bad-looking chicks. (laughs) Like, there were a couple decent-looking girls at the uh, ICP concert.
1: You're like, hard to tell because she's painted like a sad clown, but I think (laughs) she might be cute.
0: And my favorite part of it was in the back of the venue outside where everybody was going out to smoke cigarettes was a massive taco truck too. So that also amused me seeing Juggalos and face paint, uh, walking out, uh, to get tacos from a taco truck.
1: Everybody loves tacos,
0: right? It's universal. So anyway, finally, Prano, two years later, uh, ICP concert has been attended, and yes, I, I, I do stand by that. If somebody was like, hey, man, you want to go see ICP with me? I'm not saying I'd pay for a ticket. I wouldn't be against going again.
1: Well, you, I think you owe John one, so.
0: Okay, but that, does that make me a juggalo? Uh,
1: I think it's safe to say you're at least a Fago juggalo.
0: <laughs> and, and I'll go one step further. I kind of enjoyed... Because like, I was that kid in college when we would do theme parties. I used to love it with my fraternity. When I was our – so-
1: You're really start- – this is, this is like the marathon thing all over again. That You're you're basically justifying becoming a juggalo. Well,
0: hold on, hold on a second. Let me say my point. Like when I was my social chair my fraternity, I used to love doing theme parties. I'm like, oh, it's great. People can dress up. Girls love dressing up. They always dress skanky. I kind of enjoyed I'll be straight up the face paint.
1: You're a juggalo. <laughs> Where's yep. <laughs> the Andy Ruther is a juggalo? <laughs>
0: <sighs> Maybe I'll just embrace it. Yeah. I guess I guess the fact that I'm gonna start listening and checking out some of their music, the curiosity factor is really taking me towards that uh juggalo realm. Okay, so I'm a quasi I, I how about this? I'm juggalo curious.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just can that be on your fucking hinge bio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, look, man, we got tons. Of, by the
1: way, speaking of hinge bios, how funny was that thing Mikey sent us?
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> we, we should have, we should read that on an episode sometime.
0: I think I 100% agree with you. Let's read it this week. But uh, I do have some good news and, and knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it. But our next episode, I have text message confirmation from Robert Latau, the founder, creator, and owner of of Black Sports Online will be coming to the Smut Studio Wednesday afternoon.
1: So, uh, owner, writer of Black Sports Online agrees to do internet sports podcast being recorded in Venice Beach on Wednesday. Picks and vid.
0: Yes. One, we're slated to go around 1 p.m. Wednesday, uh... It was great we went from DMs to text message. You know you know when that's gets real, Prano. Like when you go from the DMs to text, I was like, "Dude, you got to give me your number." And uh, he has agreed. So we I'm thinking we might have to play his game with him, right? Like I got to dig up old Black Sports online headlines and see if he can remember, but either way, it'll be a fun conversation just to talk about what he's created and we, <laughs> we we'll get to the bottom of uh the headline situation.
1: <laughs> By the way, can this be, um, can this be like the dream, your dream team episode? Can can I just take it off and go to lunch with Todd?
0: <laughs> I know I've been so anxious to get him on the show. I, I'm just I'm thinking of the possibilities. From there, do I start working for Black Sports Online? Does Dirty Sports become a subsidiary of Black Sports Online? What what is going to happen? The possibilities are endless.
1: You're probably going to, you know, before there's any sort of uh, corporate conglomerate, you should probably tell them that you are a juggalo. (laughs)
0: That's true. That might hurt my cause. I think I saw maybe one or two black juggalos at the concert. Tops. Anyway, let's get to some NBA talk. There was some great games. Sadly, I missed most of, let's backtrack to Friday. Rockets Warriors. Wow.
1: That was while you were at the concert? Yeah.
0: It was basically the whole concert.
1: Um, I mean, that game... I, honestly, when I was talking to Laz about it on Dirty Sports, and I was talking Dirty to talk about it... Dirty Slides? Sorry, Dirty Slides, and talking to Tug talk about it on Dirty Sports, there was something in the back of my mind that said, like, everybody's kind of counting on, you know, a can the Rockets win... In Oracle, in a game seven without KD, and just something told me like I don't think that they are. I don't. I don't think that they win game six, and I think that there's a lot of. You know, I think this shifts a lot of people, like how at least how I see some people. Like I got to give credit to Steve Kerr. Tug and I talked about it. Steve Kerr definitely, you know, went with some interesting rotations uh you know his lineups that he used without KD uh just mixing it up I thought was very impressive um and the thing about that game that to me is most interesting is it wasn't like a super well-played game it was it was sort of a grinded out game I mean Steph doesn't score in the whole first half yeah and all I could think of the whole game, I'm like, every, this is end of the first quarter. I'm like, this is bad for the Rockets. End of the second quarter. Like, forget Steph not scoring in the whole first half. End of the first half, it's as close as it is. I'm like, this is bad for the Rockets. You guys need to be up 12 points at some point in the third quarter and then try to hang on. Because you know the Warriors going to make a push. And it it just seemed like one of those games where – they just played to their competition like that it was going to be a three point game no matter what. And that's just, I mean, I think that, you know, the Rockets and James Harden and Dan Tony and Chris Paul, I think everybody's got to be a little bit to blame for that. Um, you know, everybody wants to shit on Mike D'Antoni. I'm an unabashed Mike D'Antoni guy. Like what, you know, Steph's scoreless in the first half. You know, KD is out and you know it's going to be a Steph Clay game and both of them don't play great in the first half it's like i don't really know what you want him to do from a standpoint of like defending a kevin durantless warriors and then from the offensive side of the ball it's like they have a personality they have their strategy they've they've been going for it for two full seasons now There's really not any changing it up given the situation. I just don't think that those guys executed um, to the level that they had to. And honestly, I was expecting not just a great James Harden game. I was expecting him to approach it like he approached those games midseason when he was on like a 40 to 50 point a game every night kind of uh, binge. I was like, oh, he's going to come out like that, and he didn't. I I put this most on Harden.
0: Well, look, man, there's blame to go around, but I think we're kind of coming back to a lot of the same points with a lot of the same people, right? So whether it's fair or not, we'll start up top with Mike D'Antoni. Whether it's fair or not, his regular season success – has not always translated to his postseason success. And your argument to combat that has always been, well, he's never been the favorite.
1: Well, my arg- it's not even that he's never been the favorite. My argument to that, its it was always pop and now it's always the Warriors. It was always the Spurs and now it's always the Warriors. Sure, he's had other, you know, every team and every coach and every player has had other series where you're like, oh, well, what about that one? Yeah, well, there's always the what about that one. But, it's always been the Spurs, for the most part, and then it was always the Warriors. And you're like, you're like, yeah, you have to be if you want to be thought of as this great. Like, like basically, and you know when we talked when we talked the Philip Rivers Eli Manning thing, like it's remarkable how many people go like, oh, but Coughlin. It's like Tom Coughlin's a great coach, but if Tom Coughlin didn't beat the Patriots twice. Is anybody talking about him like, oh, Tom Coughlin. Well, Eli was carried by Tom Coughlin.
0: It's no, like- but I think he's a good example actually that when you bring him up because I think that's the point with Mike D'Antoni is that I agree with you. Tom Coughlin isn't this you know, amazing, like we look at him as an all-time great. but
1: I mean we we do, but it's solely because but he beat the, the guy twice that nobody else had the, beaten.
0: But that's my point is that – Twice he did rise up, and again, my criticism, right, if you go back throughout this show, has been never about regular season. It's just been to take your status to that next echelon, you have to get the big win at some point. Does that make sense? You you have to beat the Spurs at some point. You have to beat the Warriors. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't mean that he's not a good coach. It just means to take it to that next level, at some point, I know they're the favorites. I know the Warriors are the alphas. I know the Spurs were the alphas, but that's all I'm saying. And I think maybe this, other and, people and, agree and, with me.
1: And, and that's why this game is the one that you can point to because in the past, like, he had the Spurs on the ropes and then Amari Stoudemire doesn't get to play because of like the stupidest rule ever. And he's got the Warriors on the ropes and then Chris Paul doesn't get to play a game at home in a game seven because he's hurt now you can say how those games would have gone how they wouldn't have gone but that's why this really fucking makes it and that is they now they like to me you
0: kind of like, cut out there can you i'm sorry you, you cut out can you just repeat what you were saying
1: I, i'm just saying that this game is the one that really hurts because it's like I don't think he's getting criticism if they lose in a game seven in Oakland, but losing this one without KD, sure. But then, but then again, I go to yeah. If you look at it from the headline standpoint, it's one thing. But if you look at how it actually played out, hard for me to put it on him. Do you know what I mean?
0: So, but again, you're okay. So let's move it from Mike D'Antoni to. James Harden and Chris Paul who've also taken a lot of playoff failure blame whether deserved or not they have are you putting more of this on James Harden it sounds like it
1: well I am but here's the thing and here's where I think you got to come back to Mike D'Antoni a little bit I just think James Harden can't do it from opening tip of the first game of the season through the end of the playoff like it just seems like he didn't have it in him to have a fifty-point game.
0: Yeah, you're saying that's what he need. he needs to have a a like LeBron-esque fifty-point game.
1: I mean, yeah, in Game Six, to me, it was like, oh, this is going to be one of those one of those games from like when he was cruising mid-season, where it didn't matter who he was playing, there was no stopping him. He was getting his, especially without KD. You figure they're not going to put KD on him, which they did a lot of the series. He's going to be able to attack Steph. He's going to be able to get Steph in foul trouble. And a lot of it was just like like lazy passes, lazy aggressive approaches to the basket. And, and here's the thing. I don't want to criticize him for being a choker because I do think that some part of this is just straight up being tired. And that's where you got to put it on Mike D'Antoni. But then it, it, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, well, this team isn't good enough if it's not James Harden every game, game in and game out, like they've they've basically desi- designed this uh, around that being their strategy, but it almost is like it's not going to work forever. Like especially come May, you well, know?
0: it's disappointing. People, for, I, I think from from a just a, a pure basketball sense. I know again, I, I was at that concert, so. I was checking the scores, but obviously I was not watching. You know, I was disappointed because I wanted a game seven. I think most people wanted a game seven because, like we always say, anything can happen in a game seven. And you're right. What made it more disappointing was that Kevin Durant wasn't even playing. And right. like you said, I mean, Steph has zero in the first half. Like, like if you hold Steph Curry to zero points in the first half, and you're up. It's a, no, it's actually a tie game at half. And yeah. that just doesn't that just doesn't work. Like you said, you gotta be up ten points if Steph has zero. So I don't know. I'll be curious to see how it plays out, especially with the Warriors' injury situation. What is KD's status? Do you know?
1: Reevaluated this week.
0: Okay, so will he play game one?
1: I I think that's up in the air right now. I mean, uh, you know the Warriors I think that they're a very confident team and rightfully so and I think Steve Kerr has trust in those guys without Kevin Durant. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a play game 1 without him. If they win, play take game 2 without him if you know and like you don't rush him back until you absolutely need him. Dangerous game to play, but I think everybody would agree Although I'm not necessarily sure, without KD, that this is the the case that the Rockets were going to be their toughest test, you know. But they only didn't have KD for one game in that series, so
0: yeah.
1: Well, like I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think if you ask me, I think the Blazers are a tougher test for the Warriors without KD than the Rockets were in six games. You know, with with him missing one. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they play it. But it sounds like. They're going to reevaluate and go from there.
0: Well, here's what's interesting. The Warriors have won 24 of their last 25 when Steph Curry plays and Kevin Durant sits. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, you and I have, have kind of taken the same mindset as far as how Steph's concerned uh, come playoff time. And a lot of people say, oh, you guys are so hard on Steph. You're so hard on Steph. But I'll say this.
1: Why? But why? why is... Why is saying that Kevin Durant's the best player on the Warriors hard on Steph?
0: Because people why are idiots. Say,
1: why? Why? Why is saying that Steph Curry's the best shooter of all time and uh, a, a, like a an perennial All Star in the league and potentially like maybe the best sh- shooting guard of all time, depending on how you look at it? Or he's a first ballot
0: player. Hall of Famer. I I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. mean, I'm, I mean, hands down. Like no one's the deb- no one, and I just want to say that to everybody who listens to our show. No one's debating these things. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the best shooter of all time. No one's debating that.
1: But again, and then and and then and then Klay Thompson in a press conference after the series goes, "We need our best player back." Yeah. It's like but- guys, every single person knows that Kevin Durant is their best player. And if you're trying to fucking argue some nonsensical thing that like, well, Steph's more valuable to this team than Kevin Durant because this and this and this is like and this is what I did with a, a dirt all the other day I go, what other teams are we talking about here? What is Jokic not the most valuable player on the Nuggets? Is Dame not the most valuable player on the Blazers? Why is it like that we always create this thing for Steph, but it doesn't it doesn't work for any other team? Well,
0: the reason people are saying this again is the stat I just read is that the Warriors have won 24 of their last 25, while KD sits and Steph plays, and if you flip that, the numbers aren't as good. And I don't know what they are, but I do know they win more games when Steph plays and KD sits, vice versa. So when KD plays and Steph sits, that's when they went on kind of that shit stretch this year. But that's also regular season, and I always want to mention that. Guys, the regular season doesn't mean shit to me. You know, it's come playoff time. Like, if you, if you took part of me, Prano, to be honest – I almost want to see Kevin Durant not play the rest of the playoffs because not, not, from a, not from like, oh, I want him hurt, but from from this, from from this discussion that we're having right now. Wouldn't, wouldn't you be curious to see how this plays out, a full series against the Blazers, and then if they win that um, in the finals without Kevin Durant? I'm just saying everyone is so quick, like you said, to give this weird Steph Curry He's the best player in the team when he's clearly not. His players don't say he is. So I don't know what we're debating here. it's just odd. He gets this bona fide free pass. When guys, the numbers don't lie. Shout out to Barry McCockiner. He posts this all the time. Steph's numbers come playoffs versus regular season are completely different. That is a fact. Well, and, That's not debatable.
1: And and that is again that, that you know, to go to bring it back for the second time today. You know, we, we've been in this ongoing discussion with lunatics about the Philip Rivers, Eli Manning thing. It's like it's not the calendar month that that and it's not the fact that this is the playoffs and that's the regular season. It's the fact that teams are better. Teams are you're playing all winning playoff quality teams come playoff time as opposed to half the season when you play dog shit. They play the Suns four times. Yeah. They play the Lakers four times. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? And there are multiple, just like off the top of my head, there's multiple Steph Curry 50-point fucking Suns games. Yeah. It's like when the competition steps up, you can say whatever you want. The fact of the matter is when the competition gets better – Phillip Rivers is a fucking choke artist. And when the competition gets better, Steph Curry isn't worlds better than every other player in fucking basketball. Yeah.
0: And, and and there's a reason why Kevin Durant has won the last two finals MVPs. Again, this is proving it. When the competition gets as tough as it can in the highest level, the NBA finals, when it gets to the point zero 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 one percent of the teams remaining, these are who are playing the best, and, and I don't understand why that's so difficult for people to understand. And it, it, look, it's it's just it's arguing with again flat earthers and people who who want to ignore facts and these things. But aren't you curious to kind of go back to my point? Is there some curiosity from your vantage point, Prano, of if no KD plays to see how this series would play out?
1: Sure, I would love to. I'd love to see that, but I also like, you know. I, I at this point I become a Warriors hater because the just the people uh, again like I said in the episode with I did with Tug like that was the grossest series to watch for me when it comes to the whining and the complaining on both sides yeah and I think I think Steph is a low key first ballot whiner uh, Draymond is they're gonna name the bitch ass Hall of Fame a, a, a they're gonna name it. The Draymond Green bitch-ass Hall of Fame.
0: You know, you know what Draymond is? I figured it out, especially after listening to your episode with Tug. Great job, by the way. Tug Tug slid in nicely. You guys hammered it out, even though I will debate some of the things that you said. Not, don't want to get into that, that I vetoed hockey vehemently. That's that's up for debate, Mr. Joe Frano. But I don't want to get into that right now. You know what Draymond reminds me of? And I remember back in the day, I want to say it was maybe on MySpace, Nick Swartzen did a great sketch about this because I know we can all relate to this. Draymond is the guy that you play pickup basketball with. And I know, I I can name the kid that I played with on the playground as a kid. The kid who hacks the shit out of you. Like, literally rapes you on the court and then's like, that's not a foul. Like, that's what Draymond is. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the guy who just tackles you. It's like what? This sort of foul? You're like, dude, do you not understand the rules of the game?
1: That's Trayvon Green. And, and then when they get touched, they fucking fall over and they die.
0: Yeah. Well, look, we got we got. But, the-
1: but go ahead. To go, to, to go back to what you were saying, like, I also kind of want to see this Warriors team just lose with everybody.
0: Yeah, I got gotcha. you.
1: Because that's the that's the fucking the like. I mean, look at Warriors fans. Warriors fans are still hanging on to the one-game Draymond Green suspension after he spent three rounds kicking people in the dick. Yeah. He came back. He played game six. He played game seven. They lost both of them. And they're like, well, if it wasn't – it's like, guys, get the absolute fuck out of here.
0: Sure. No.
1: I I honestly don't – like, yes – it would be great. I'd love to see everybody. I'd love to see all the Steph slurpers um, watch, you know, a Bucks Warriors finals or even this Western Conference without KD. But also, I kind of want them to be at full strength. Although, I know Warriors fans. Then it's like, oh, Kevin Durant was hurt He and, and shouldn't have played anyway. Like this Philip Rivers had an ACL tear fucking thing. That like is something like we're talking about one of the all-time great fucking bitch-ass conspiracy theories.
0: Well, let's get into the other two remaining series, which were two amazing game sevens. Before we do that, Joe, I am excited to get back to L.A. because I'm going to go hit up a Dodgers game and go on geek. I like to go to one Dodgers game every month during the baseball season. I went last month to see my Reds. I'm going to get back there. I think you and I need an old trip to the ball game. What do you think? Sounds great. And maybe I'll check the old SeatGeek app because it's not just sports, as we know. Maybe uh, ICP will be coming out here. What do you think, Prano? Maybe maybe go to another Juggalo gathering for me?
1: And for that reason, I'm out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dirtballs, if you haven't downloaded the SeatGeek app, I don't know what you're waiting on. You can see any sort of event like we're talking about, sports, comedy, concerts, you name it. It's all there and they've made it so easy to use and 50,000 five-star reviews. So look, we like facts here at Dirty Sports. The facts are people like this app. SeatGeek will give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code Dirtballs and that promo code is Dirty. So download the SeatGeek app and use promo code Dirty for ten dollars off on your first purchase. That's promo code Dirty for ten dollars off on your first purchase. And if you send me that screenshot of using promo code Dirty, I will send you two beer koozies. Okay, so yesterday, Mother's Day Mother's Day special, we had two great game sevens. Your boy CJ McCollum went off.
1: My boy came out came up out the mud.
0: Went off. And led his team to a game seven road win in Denver. You got to be feeling good.
1: uh I it was. I mean, first of all, it was a fantastic game. Uh, he was incredible. He had the chase down block. He had the game winner. He, you know, rightfully so. There was a couple moments in that game where he was going off, and Dame. It really, it really seemed like, oh, but now this is coming down to a a last shot or we really need a basket here. You know, I really felt like Lillard wanted to kind of take over in those moments still rightfully uh, deferred to the hot hand. Um, I think that they need to do that more. If they're going to want to beat the golden state warriors, it has to be balanced. They have to find the hot hand no matter who it is. Um, Like the nuggets, like I've said, man, they're, 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 ahead of where they should be right now they had a chance to win a game 7 at home they had a lot of chances to win a game 7 at home uh jokic got a little beaten down the stretch uh i i tweeted yesterday and i'm a big jokic fan i think everybody like i said when i did the episode with tug a pass first center a team being around built around a pass first center is fantastic i love that style of play i love jokic i think he's going to be a star for years to come but he was real, like, they are really giving him a lot of calls. And I think in the end, it actually ended up hurting them. Because down the stretch, what I saw Portland do was, like, Portland's like, we're not going to lose this game fouling Jokic. So they'd get up all on him. And then he'd start to shoot. And literally, guys, I saw Enos Kanter do it. I saw Lillard do it. Like, as he went to raise to shoot, they would put their hands up. Like, hands up, don't shoot. And back away. And I think it kind of threw Jokic off that he wasn't, you know, it was kind of like that the the thing that people accuse Harden of. Like, oh, he's just trying to go for contact. He's not trying to make the shot. And it's worked against Harden and it worked against Jokic where they were like, we're just absolutely not going to foul you. Now you have to make it. And he wasn't making it. And, I mean, a 17-point comeback. Again, like, shout out to the Blazers, man. Uh, That Game 7 win was legit.
0: Yeah, and, and moving on, not to talk too much about the next series, I mean look, you got some very pretty closely matched backcourts now, which really makes that series very interesting. Because it's not like the front courts are, are dominating for either team, but you know what I'm saying? Like that that kind of levels the pla and obviously this is where KD comes in where it's like then you throw in Kevin Durant, and it just makes the Warriors that much better of a team. But right. yeah, dude, I'm uh,
1: like I put on our Twitter yesterday. It's the Splash Brothers versus Stephen Clay.
0: Shots fired. Did you see that? Did you see that thing I tweeted out? It's kind of wild. So CJ McCollum, his last high school game was against my high school. He lost. To, I, he lost to Saint Xavier, and his last college game was a loss to, loss against Xavier after they just beat Duke. So we have some weird. Weird shit going on, especially with you going to Lehigh, right? Like this weird circle of thust, I call it.
1: Yeah, the circle of thust.
0: It's pretty crazy. I think this is going to be a fun series. No matter if KD plays, I I really, I'm really curious to see what happens in game one. I I, I think, I think that could be a huge game for Portland to steal.
1: I mean, look, we go back to the last series, uh, of the last Warriors-Rocket series. You know we can criticize all the people on the Rockets, and we can we can suck the dick of all you know Steph Curry and Steve Kerr. Came down to Game Six, they lost. You know they, on their home court, it it shouldn't have happened. There should have been a Game Seven, but that whole series, whether people want, like it or not, turned with that fucking Game One, and that's absolutely what the Blazers have to do. They have to go in there. They have to steal one of those first two. Yeah. If they, st- if they still like, I think it's 50% more valuable to steal that game one than that game two, but they absolutely have to steal one of those two. And again, I think that series is totally different. If Houston gets those calls and that game one goes to Houston and that should be, that should be Port- Portland should truly be going like, this is a one game series.
0: What's wild about yesterday's game is if you told me that Damian Lillard would be 3 of 17 for 13 points I'd say no way in hell do they stand a chance to win. But because of CJ McCollum they did. And 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 some good bench contributions, you know, guys like Evan Turner really showed up to to really help the team effort.
1: And, yeah, and Hood got hurt down the stretch. Yeah. And, you know, that was he's been great for them. Um but yeah, man, CJ McKillum.
0: And then we had back to back great games. Kawhi and the Raptors on a game winning shot. What a game. What a fun game to watch. Oh, God, I have so many, so many questions, though, for Philly and Philly fans and the Philly coaching staff. I just, you know, I thought about our episode, Prano, last week of who is the guy on the Sixers. And the whole game I'm watching. I'm saying to myself, okay, this is going to come down to the end, right? Who's the guy? Who's going to be the guy who's going to take the shot? And in my opinion, they didn't really know. Now, Jimmy Butler made that great layup to tie the game, but... They for some reason and and Greg Anthony I thought kept making a great point during the game said why are they not going through Embiid he doesn't even have to score I thought he kept saying put him on the block why are they not going through Embiid and they didn't and I just felt like that game was a microcosm of the Sixer season
1: yeah they look Embiid we you said it before Embiid has to be the man it's like. We go back to this, you know, who's the most valuable player? Who's the best player on every team? Who's the best player on the 76ers skill-wise is Joel Embiid. Who's their most important player? Joel Embiid. Who's their most valuable player? Joel Embiid. And yet, whether it be the way that they're running their offense or the way that other guys need shots or the way he disappears – he doesn't do that he's not their most valuable player and their most important player consistently well sh- sorry i should say he is their most valuable and he is their most important but he's not their best player consistently and that's that's entirely the problem with the 76ers um jimmy butler is a great player jimmy buckets you know like and he's a great two-way player but unless you're going to be running your – unless – like if you're going to go that, then go that style and, and yeah. run it through Jamie Butler. But they just don't have an identity. Um, and, and for a while, it looked like their identity was going to be everybody in our starting lineup scores 20. We don't need to have a guy. But that's fine except for when you need a fucking shot.
0: And that's the thing. And that's what happened yesterday. I mean if you look at the box score – I'm pulling it up right now for the first time. Every single starter scored at least 13 points. So so it is. The starters go from 13 to 21 points. So you're right. Everybody was contributing, but that's the point. They didn't have a guy at the end. And if you flip it to the other side, Toronto knew their guy. They knew it was Kawhi. Kawhi didn't even have the best shooting game. You know, he's 16 to 39. I tweeted that joke on Dirty Sports. 16 to 39 with the game-winning shot. Very Kobe Bryant-esque.
1: But yeah, I, I, I read that and I was like, well, I mean... That's a better shooting day than Kobe's had for uh, you know a long time. But I I got your point, but still sort of offensive.
0: Really? No, because sixteen of thirty nine is not that good.
1: It's not that bad.
0: I'm I'm gonna do he was, some. He, he,
1: he was he wasn't like nine for thirty six. That's some Kobe Bryant shit.
0: Sixteen of thirty nine is what percentage? I, I'm terrible at math. Forty one. I,
1: mean, yeah, I just did. It. It's forty one percent. It's
0: forty one percent. That's Kobe Bryant. That's around Kobe Bryant's career percentage. I I bet. But but my point is this: they knew their guy, and they got some contributions. You know, Serge Ibaka had a great game. Serge Ibaka, I would argue, basically saved that game for them. The the contributions he was doing, not just scoring, but playing defense, and huge, absolutely huge off the bench, and yeah, and now Philly. You know, this is where I'm curious. Like, here we are, at Philly. Now, what do we do now? And I thought you and Tug did a great job talking about every guys. You know, the guys like Ben Simmons. Where do we go from here? Brett Brown, their coach. It's like, where does Philly go from here? Because while they have all the talent, and they had a stacked lineup, a much I mean better but, but lineup.
1: JJ J- Reddick's a free agent. Tobias Harris is a free agent.
0: Jimmy Butler's a free agent. Right,
1: Jim Butler's. Uh, is he? I think he, he is. Be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, the process at this point he
0: is about to get blown up.
1: Well, it's already blown up, right? Because the process at this point, you've trusted it, and now what you have to show for it is Simmons and Embiid. Yeah, which, which by the way, I still think is a, a fantastic starting point, but you've already started and you've already gotten to this point, and now. You're gonna lose one or two of those guys at least, and then like, who do you keep? And and also when you look at it, it's you're not fighting against yourself. You got to be fight, you got to be strategizing against the best teams in the league. Yeah, like at, at at the very least, the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Sure, you know, uh, the, look, the crybaby Warriors of. You know, Draymond and Kevin and uh, Steph Curry sucking their thumbs in the front seat of Draymond's RAV 4 and and calling Kevin Durant, one of the all time great bitch moves in NBA history and maybe in sports history, but they were also like, this is what we need to be dominant. And they made it work. Make uh, getting a little if you're the 76ers, getting a little bit better isn't the answer. It's we have the bucks to contend with for a long time. yeah and that's why the thing that's why the Celtics it's like do the Celtics go into fucking full rebuild because that that was a joke and they're not competing with the fucking bucks for a long time certainly not with Kyrie Irving
0: sure no you're right I mean and and then there's the quote the coach with the I'm sorry the question of the coach
1: yeah I I I think I'm not a Brett Brown guy but
0: I think there's a good possibility he gets fired real good possibility. It, it, I mean,
1: it, it's it's so tough because, you know, y- you – like, I I mean, in my opinion, I think he should have been fired already. But now it's tough because now you fire him when he, like, actually has achieved something. It's like what wasn't fireable? Like, if he makes the Eastern Conference Finals, then he doesn't get fired. But he plays to the final buzzer. Of Game Seven in the second round, and he does get fired. It's like, it's tough. And then who do you hire? Because the Lakers just hired fucking Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd to be an assistant.
0: Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I agree. I, I, I think uh, they're left with a. I mean, that let me put it this way: Kawhi draining that one shot left a lot of questions for that whole organization, and. They got a lot of shit they got to figure out.
1: I mean, to, to me, the question is, the, to me, the huge questions are, how do you get consistency out of Embiid and Simmons? How do you raise Embiid's level of play consistently regularly? Like, he doesn't just have to be consistently good. He has to be consistently great. So now you have to raise the level of his play and make it consistent. How do you do that? And then with Ben Simmons, you—it's all right there. How do you unlock Ben Simmons? Not just so that he plays consistent consistently, but that there is a like a signature style of play with him.
0: He needs signature. a jump shot, man. Like, like, like. What? I I know. I know. Everybody knows that, but when, when I'm watching that game yesterday, uh, again, come crunch time, fourth quarter, I'm thinking, what? What is like? Ben Simmons is a great player. No one's denying that. But I'm thinking, what is he doing on the floor right now as far as what's, he, how's he going to affect the game? And I think that's a legitimate yeah. question. Is, is that not yeah. a legitimate question when I'm watching that game? saying, No,
1: it absolutely is. I mean, you're right. He absolutely needs a jump shot. Everybody agrees with that. But, he, but even in the process of the year that he has where he's like coming to, you know, accepting that he's going to take a jump shot, like he needs... The Sixers need to be like the uh Phoenix Suns with Nash or the Celtics with Rondo where you're like this point guard determines entirely our style of play. Yeah. Our style of play is this guy. Sure. Now, it can still run through Embiid, but it has to be led by Simmons. And if they can't do that, then immediately trade him while he has tons of value. yeah. If you can't do that, I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons, but I'm saying if you guys don't know what the fuck to do, if your coach can't figure it out, then immediately trade him, because you're going to waste years while you figure it out, whereas I can assure you there are other coaches there who can figure it out. Like, dude, I mean, and and we go back to the Rockets, like, what do the Rockets do for? here? How do the Rockets fucking you know take the next step to me it's like hey you guys want Chris Paul if you're the Sixers you want you want Chris Paul for 39 million dollars because we can make a fucking deal
0: I don't know if I would like that move to be honest I, I'm just I'm just Ben Simmons I'm looking at his age man he, he turns he's so young he turns 23 in July so he would be heading to the next year at age 23 he just whether it's jump shot or even just moves, my argument would be, you need to... I'd say even before his jump shot, he needs to develop a game where he can get to the bucket, get fouled, and hit free throws. Which I guess maybe you can kind of throw in that does maybe go along the lines of, of a jump shot. But you know what I'm saying? Like you need to be able to get the ball in the in the fucking lane, score, be better off the dribble. I I, I just I, I don't know like. It's wild because he had moments this year, and then you just you look at his playoffs, and you're, like I'm saying yesterday, you're like, dude, you're just there.
1: It, it, and and look, the playoffs become a half court game. It, it's almost like uh, again, I go back to the Suns with Nash. It's like, well, it doesn't become a ga- half court game when you play us. Like, yeah, that like they need to be so all in on Simmons that it's like. Nah, this doesn't get, isn't going to become that kind of game when you play us. We're still going to fucking run and gun because we have a 6'10 point guard who can get to the basket anytime he wants in transition, and that's that. So come along for the ride.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Well, Joe, let's discuss some NA, or NFL. NBA coaching hires. And before we do that, I forgot to ask you, did you have an all right Mother's Day, Joe?
1: Um, I had a fine Mother's Day Uh I I talked to my mom on the phone. Didn't see her, obviously. But, uh, yeah, all in all, I I mean, Mother's Day is just Instagram pictures of your mom.
0: Yeah. I didn't do that. I don't think I've ever done that.
1: Instagram picture of your mom day.
0: Yeah. Really. That's a good point. I was here yesterday. Uh, Most of the fam came over. So it was uh, a a classic uh, Ruther day. I've learned the the Ruther household is obsessed. Uh, I was up in Columbus Saturday night. The Ruther household. Every different Ruther family is obsessed with the show Naked and Afraid on Discovery Channel. Nice. So I've learned everybody watches that. But we did celebrate Mother's Day and people were having a few drinks. And I luckily I brought home some Fago. I did not bring home any Fago. I brought home some of that cheers.
1: Right. Oh, nice.
0: You know, because I was explaining how great this Cheers product is, and I was I was giving it to my mom and, and my brothers, and I said, Guys, I know like they you know, they weren't getting hammered, but they were having a few drinks, and I said, Guys, if you take these two to four capsules before your last drink tonight and take the powder, mix it in some water, take it before bed, I guarantee you'll feel fifty percent better when you wake up tomorrow, Monday morning for work. And guess what? I was right. I've I've heard, the results are in. I've communicated with my brothers. I said they feel great today at work. Thanks to our friends at Cheers. I know you have used Cheers, Joe, and it's definitely a guaranteed hit, is it not?
1: Yeah, I've. I, I, we talked about it the last time we did this. I've I've been using it uh, consistently uh, when I go out drinking. And really the thing for me, and uh, anybody who's seen my stand-up knows that I've joked about this for years, just getting older is tough
0: when yeah. you drinking.
1: Like, I, I don't bounce back quite like I did when I was younger. Now, uh, taking Cheers doesn't make me feel like I'm waking up 21 uh, and uh, post-drinks, but it certainly certainly dials me back to my early 30s, and that's good enough for me.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's about 10 years off your life. Guys, you should take advantage of Cheers right now. You can – Order by visiting cheershealth.com. Enter promo code DIRTY at checkout to get 10% off your first order plus a free gift. That might be a koozie. Maybe you have to find out. That's cheershealth.com. Enter promo code DIRTY for 10% off and a free gift. Cheers, it's the best thing to happen since alcohol. And once again, guys they guarantee that you will be feeling at least 50% better the next day or you get your money back guaranteed. Okay, speaking of celebrations, there is probably some celebrations going on. Maybe, maybe within the, the Laker community. What do we think of this? It's not official, so God knows this might be messed up just like the Ty Lue thing was. Frank Vogel as the new Lakers head coach and Jason Kidd as his top assistant. What do we think I- of this?
1: Um, I, I actually like it uh, I think the only I, I think the only thing so in theory I like Vogel uh, with kid um, I know there's a lot of people who have been shitting on Jason Kidd as a coach like I again like I didn't watch like the day in and day out Jason Kidd's x and O's coaching thing but I just don't know how a guy who played the way he did, which fits so nicely into the style of play of today, can't be helpful for a team, especially, and I, and I said that, you know, oh, Jason Kidd to be the Ben Simmons mentor. I certainly don't know how he can't be helpful to, like, Alonzo Ball. Yeah. Um, I think the only potential downside to this would be that the... Jason Kidd is there as if it doesn't go well. Now we can make the move to kid thing. Like as I, we've, I think seen,
0: I think that's what they're doing though.
1: It, that that they have a guy waiting in the wings if it doesn't go well.
0: I'd be shocked if Jason Kidd isn't their head coach in like a couple years.
1: Dude, why I just, hire? Why hire? Why hire Vogel? Then, like, why isn't? Jason I agree.
0: I agree, I, dude. At this point, I just don't trust what the Lakers organization is doing. It's, it's been just uh, a, a debacle. I like,
1: I like Vogel as a hire more than I like Kid, but I, I find it weird that they. I find it weird that they were hired together, and I find it weird that they that Jason Kidd was going to be an assistant no matter who got hired.
0: Yeah, I agree that it's a, it's an interesting scenario. I think people forget Frank Vogel was very successful with the Pacers. I mean, he was he was taking the. Uh, definitely outmanned Pacers teams to game sevens against those LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh Heat teams. Yeah. I mean, he got, you know, for all intents and purposes, I would say he got the most out of his players. I mean, when he had guys like Roy Hibbert performing well.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I, that's the thing. I like I like the Vogel. Like, look, certainly given the the sort of – coaching uh, search carousel that they went through. I like, I, I like this better than Ty Lue. I
0: agree. I think they might have, in a weird, odd way, the— I,
1: I like it better than Monty Williams.
0: I do, too. I, I think the ineptitude of the Lakers organization might have, in a way, kind of worked itself out to where they they fall into this Frank Vogel thing. It's just it, it all comes down to LeBron, let's be honest. Is LeBron going to get along with him? Because we all know how it plays out. If LeBron doesn't get along with the coach, if they don't see eye to eye, then it's just a recipe for disaster. And I saw something, and I completely disagree with this, and I, and I couldn't believe it. You know, I was reading up on it, different websites, different articles on the Frank Vogel hire, and I was reading the article that ESPN had with Brian Windhorst, number one uh, LeBron uh is he the number one LeBron slurper? Does, does, he, does he still live in LeBron's garage? I know we said this like a year ago. I'm still, yeah, I think,
1: I think he does. Did he
0: follow him from Cleveland to uh, Brentwood in Los Angeles? Yeah. <laughs> Brian Winhorst in his article about the Frank Vogel hire said uh, something along these lines that there's no way LeBron had anything to do with this hire or wasn't. And it's just like,
1: dude, come on. So here's the thing with LeBron and the LeBron— There's no
0: way. There's no way. There is no way the Lakers hire this guy without talking to LeBron. There's just no way.
1: I I mean, I agree with you. And and here's the thing about the LeBron. The LeBron coach killer thing is like— It's one of the great all-time conspiracy theory cover-ups, if I've ever fucking heard one. How come every other team— and every other organization, whenever they have a star player slash coach battle, how come we always get the the sometimes just blatant you know, shit talking of each other in the press? Sometimes we get like the shadowy shit talking for the press. Everybody wants to say LeBron's run, this coach and that co-. How come we never hear any even rumblings about Kobe once? One time that LeBron disliked a coach, yeah, ever. And honestly, to me, if anything, LeBron James has hurt himself by being overly supportive of bad coaches.
0: Yeah, you have me thinking about Kobe, about all the different coaches Kobe had,
1: but but I'm saying every time it was like Kobe, every time it was. Basically, any star player where we're here... Dude, I mean, we're talking about Kawhi Pop. We straight up knew Kawhi hated Pop and Pop hated Kawhi. Yeah. These, these are two guys who don't fucking talk about shit. Yeah. We have ne- we never heard word one that Mike Brown and LeBron didn't get along, that Ty Lue and LeBron didn't get along, that David Black... Not once. Ever. So... Again, this is what I say to the people who go, are you telling me, if you're the LeBron James hater, are you telling me that LeBron James, the most popular, the most media-covered athlete in the world, he's the one that somehow has made it so there's no leaks in his organization as to like who he likes and who he doesn't like? I I, I honestly think that LeBron James, yeah, I'm sure the Lakers asked him, And I have a feeling LeBron James said, like, hire who you think is right for the job.
0: Yeah. And again, he, you know, he used to battle against this guy. So I think he sees the success, or you would hope so, that he had with Indiana. Now, it didn't work out in Orlando.
1: But again, yeah. And I mean, who has worked out in Orlando? I was just going
0: to say that. It's not like many people have had success down there. So I like it hopefully the Lakers improve it's good for the NBA when the Lakers are good in my opinion it's, it's good for the NBA when the, the Knicks are good I mean these these big cities that have have been dog shit for years now I, I think need to improve and get better I, I personally agree with you I like can we, can we talk about how
1: the worst human beings alive are the people that were at the Lakers rally
0: oh my God I do we even want to call that a rally
1: just like Seventeen-year-old douche bros, like honestly, I thought Yankee fans were the worst. But like millennial Lakers fans,
0: oh, the worst. worst! They're the worst, dude. I watched that. I was watching so complex sports had a lot of clips up, and I was I was you know perusing through the clips. You're exactly right. It was like you know what it was. It was like the millennial. It was the Twitter version of the kid who has Kobe Bryant as his avatar, who's 19, who has no sense of history, who's never watched games, who watches the Bleacher Report highlights. He was the kid down there holding up a, a, a sign. I yeah. I'm, I'm, I was a little bummed though because I was thinking, man, I would have loved to have been down there and done some some interviews, some sketches, whatever you want to call it for content for dirty sports because you're right. The, these, I agree with you. These fans, far worse than like the douchey, annoying Yankees fans.
1: Because they, Because they're like, they were 10 years old when the fucking lakers won and they have they like they didn't understand basketball at the time they still don't understand basketball they fucking love kobe bryant it's just such a sad pathetic group of like clueless fucking idiots
0: it was like cheddar dick fest down there man like like i, I, I bet you like like if you if you put the amount of people down there I'd say the amount of sexual partners from all those people combined was probably under ten. Like just dorks who don't talk to girls. Like I said, the Bleacher Report people who are like, oh, I saw the highlight, cool move. Who don't watch? I, who don't watch the I, game I at think, all?
1: I would. I would think on average each of those guys has less has had less sexual experiences in their life than Kobe Bryant has championships on teams that he was the best player on. <laughs> So I'm putting I'm putting the over under on at one and a half or zero, depending on whether or not you're a palgasol power, power Truth.
0: <laughs> I mean, how many people showed up? there? there was like a hundred people there. Nobody showed up. Yeah, that's the most L.A. thing too. We're gonna protest. No one shows up. No one cares.
1: Yeah. I mean, traffic, guys.
0: Fucking traffic, right? What do you make of? This Cavs hire. Have you? Have you? I know we talked a little bit before we went live. The Cavs have hired John Beeline, Michigan's head coach, who's, who's had a great career as a college coach. Um, you know, two Final Four, two championship games, I believe, with Michigan recently. Uh, he coached there for twelve years. He, he was very successful at West Virginia before that. Uh, he's known for his offensive mind. He's sixty six. He gets a five year contract with the Cavs.
1: He's 66 years old.
0: He's old. No, he's 66. Wow. He doesn't look it. RIP Tug Coker. I know this is a tough one for Tug. This is one of his uh, 14 college teams that he supports Joe Prano. So
1: yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, can we, can we, I can't believe we didn't have Tug on the, on the line to chime in about this. The big, big coaching move from one of his 11 college basketball teams.
0: Yeah. So I don't mind it. Cause it's, it's almost like, I, like we're, we're
1: definitely going to have to, we're going to definitely gonna have to check in with Tug either next episode or on Twitter. And we need to rank uh, his college basketball teams. Which, if he had to lose one coach, which coach did he not want to lose?
0: I bet it's this. I have a feeling. Actually, I don't know. Because he did fly. He flew to watch Michigan in the Final Four in 2018. And then he also flew... To watch Virginia. So so that's a good question. I don't know. Like which t- if he's flying in t- for the final four for two different teams in back to back years, I don't know which one he puts more value into. But I like the higher. Here's why I like the higher because it's it's Cleveland. It's it's high risk, low or I'm sorry, high reward, low risk. It's like so he doesn't work out. So so John Beeline doesn't work out. He's never coached in the NBA. What were the options for the Cavs? We just talked about it with the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? What were the options? Yeah, th-
1: that That's the thing. I, I actually, it, it's kind of a good hire for, from both sides because it's like, you, you know, it's good for the Cavs. They got, they, they're, they're going to the college basketball ranks. They're, they're going to be a young team with lottery picks for years to come. They're going to have a guy who can develop young players. Um, I think, I think that college style of coaching, you know, works For developing young players, I don't think it necessarily works when players become stars. Um, But uh, they won't be while he's still there. And um, it probably won't work out for him because the Cavs fucking suck and don't have LeBron James. They've sucked every year of their existence before LeBron James, every year of their existence after LeBron James. Uh, Hold
0: on. Don't forget the Mark Price, Brad Doherty, Craig Elo days.
1: Yeah. I, I I reiterate reiterate they sucked and <laughs> and so this guy gets a nice paycheck before he retires
0: yeah not a bad move
1: because he's sixty six yeah
0: nice so little take your money and run and he doesn't have to go that far Ann Arbor Michigan to Cleveland it's not really not that far I think it's like a three hour drive or something uh we got to talk Porzingis getting jumped by Russians what's this all about.
1: You see you do not leave New York Knicks. You do not leave them. You see blood this? In, blood in, blood out, Zingis.
0: I have so oh. many questions. Zingis is seven foot three, correct? Yeah. Who's getting a punch on his face?
1: Uh, I think I think he got I think the, the reports are something was thrown at him.
0: Oh. Okay. I was gonna yeah. say, is this one of those where somebody stands on somebody's shoulders and swings a punch? Because uh I don't know how you're doing that.
1: My favorite thing is that t- today he woke up with a giant knot on his head, and now he's now he's truly the unicorn.
0: <laughs> Zing,
1: perzing. Um, yeah, it's wild. Like people are people are saying that. First of all, there are Russian. There's you know there's a lot of Russian uh, folks in New York. So, I, I mean. I guess that is plausible that like Russians were mad that he left the Knicks. But I'm also like, I don't know. Like I'm just about the most passionate Knicks fan there are. I'm not fighting Porzingis over it. Yeah. Also, also he got traded. Like I would have liked to, I would have rather hear like some guy fucking, you know, glassed him in the head because they don't like that. He rapes girls.
0: I was going to say w- reading the story it was saying the Dallas Mavericks will look into the matter. I'm thinking, what about the whole rape matter? Did you guys not look into that? Like, are we still did we just forget the whole rape thing? Yeah. I don't know. Uh but
1: tough, tough like honestly, tough go of it for Perzingis lately. I I'm such a big Perzingis fan. Um but man, it, it it like the the hits literally just keep on coming.
0: Yeah. And and to be honest, what are you doing in Latvia? I know it's your home, but come on, bro. There's a reason there's a reason you left. Like, does anybody want to go back to Latvia? That's where this happened, right?
1: Also, my question is, I get that you're you know, you're still on your first contract and you're like, whatever. So maybe you can't afford twenty four seven security in New York, but like what does Latvian security cost? <laughs> what is what does it cost to be in the roped off section of a Latvian club?
0: A loaf of bread, actually. I think I yeah, know right? It's a, like, lo- it's a loaf of bread and if you toss in like some jam with that, do you have VIP for a whole year?
1: I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that they'll like put you in a booth with unlimited bottle service and like hookers who will blow you if you bring three pairs of size thirty-two Levi's jeans. <laughs> are the are these real Levi's jeans? <laughs> Real blue American denim. This is the most... You now own this club. You are now owner of the club. What is this? Uh, this? This is a truck full of Levi's. You are president of Latvia. How do you acquire so many Levi's jeans?
0: Oh, absolutely Do you have amazing. any boot
1: cuts in there? Unreal.
0: 504,
1: 514. This is amazing. You are a VIP for
0: life. Can you imagine that quality of life in Latvia for things that cheap?
1: Yeah. Quality of life.
0: <laughs> By the way, don't think I didn't see that dig. And if you're not following our Instagram, I don't know why, because you're missing. I love the Prano digs. Prano posted a picture of a beautiful sunset on our Instagram store. I believe it was Saturday night and had a yeah. night, just went hard at the Midwest. Yeah. About quality of life. I want to get to this story before we wrap it up, this last story. The XFL has a contract with both Fox and ESPN. And the reason I find this interesting is that we all saw what happened to the American Alliance Football League, whatever the hell it was called. That just folded. So it's surprising to me, and I know we love football, but they announced a deal last Monday that both ESPN and Fox will start televising games that will be on everything from ABC, Fox, ESPN, ESPN Two, FS One, FS Two. Um, these will feature back-to-back games each Saturday at two p.m. Eastern, and two games on Sunday. You know, this is a this is a multi-million-dollar deal. What, yeah, what, is this going to work? Like, I'm I'm still going to say no. It's not going to work.
1: Uh look. I,
0: what what are you putting? I'm just saying the AAF did not last one full season. Does the XFL, I, which debuts next February, February 2020, will it last one season?
1: Yes, yeah. it'll last one season. I, I I'm going over one, under three.
0: I was going to say, where are we setting the over under at?
1: Yeah, I'm going. I'm setting the over under at two full.
0: Two full. I'm going to say under. A season and a half there's, there's, I mean, there's think- only eight teams right now it's Dallas Houston LA New York St Louis Seattle Tampa Bay and DC and look of all those cities every single one of them has a goddamn NFL team except for St Louis yeah I, I I'm just I'm just curious who the fans are that's what I'm saying so I just named seven cities that already have teams who's that who's that guy living in New York who's like yeah I don't like the Giants I don't like the Jets but I like the uh the you know the New York Whatever the fuck they're called, like, like who? I mean, who are they I attracting? Mean,
1: I, think, I think they're counting on it being the people. I think they're counting on juggalos.
0: That's what they need. They need They no, need.
1: I, yeah, I think they're counting on the the football obsessed. Like, I actually saw tweets this weekend about like, uh, NBA. Gross. Bring back football.
0: Who are these people?
1: I am pre- I I I don't want to trash the wrong person, but I I think one of those t- one, a tweet along that line might have come from like the nonstop uh, Philip Rivers slurper that we saw. Oh really? Yeah.
0: I mean I just don't get it. Like like you and Tug, I thought made a great point last episode because I agree. I don't have to watch all the, like take hockey for example. I've actually watched. A fair amount since I got home. Again, there's nothing to do out here. I've watched a fair amount of NHL playoffs. I caught my old man. I was shocked by that. I walked downstairs the other day. I caught Walt watching playoffs, and he said he enjoys it. So my point is this. I don't understand hockey. I don't watch it that much. But I can enjoy it. You know, Joe? I can enjoy going to the horse track. I can enjoy these different things. I, that's why I don't understand this person who's like love the NFL, hate basketball. You're like, at, at, they're at, all sports.
1: At our, our boy at hey underscore Zach, basketball sucks. Bring back football. This these are the people that the XFL is targeting. The people the XFL is targeting people who just want to watch football all the time. They love their trucks. They love the fucking NFL. They love college football. Honestly, I tend to find that the people who love football and only football aren't really much of sports fans. Like, they don't understand a lot of sport. They just like know their team, which is like why, which is why, surprise, surprise, the, the, the our great Philip Rivers defender, who just like, <laughs> who, who like just doesn't believe that, like, uh, it's blown. I'm, I'm still blown away that there are people. There are people. We've dealt with multiple people this weekend. They don't believe in the idea of clutch.
0: It's wild.
1: They don't believe in the idea of clutch. It's like these are the people the XFL is going for. The same people that were hyped for the AAF for one week, and they're going to try to keep them by being XFL extreme cheerleaders on fire with pyrotechnics and everybody standing for the anthem because God is good, guns are good, trucks are good, football is good. America.
0: Okay, here's another good one for you. More – who will a combined more people watch the combined the whole first season of the XFL next year when it debuts? So I don't know how many games that, but there's 8 teams. Maybe they play each other once. So will they watch the whole first season combined number of viewers versus the final episode of Game of Thrones?
1: Ooh. Um that'll be that'll be interesting. That's what I'm saying.
0: One episode versus an entire season. Who gets more views? I'm going I'm still saying Game of Thrones.
1: I'm saying Game of Thrones too. I think I think the XFL will start out hot and fall off.
0: Yeah, it'll start like 8 million the first week or something crazy, like 5 million.
1: How many people watch Game of Thrones episodes? It's
0: a good question. Let me pull it up. Did you watch the latest?
1: Of course.
0: I mean, I've, I've been relegated to watching these things on an iPad and in a basement bedroom. It's like, what am I?
1: Why, no, no one in your family watches Game of Thrones?
0: No, and so I'm basically... Basically, not friends with anybody in my family anymore. Okay, so this is so. Oh, this is the day de- the debut of this season. This is the first thing that came up. The debut of this season was seventeen point four million. Wow! So that was the debut of
1: this. See, H- See HBO's still it's it's still a premier cable network. You know what I mean? It's still a pay for. It's still a subscription based. Uh, I might go XFL, but like one one thing's for sure. Like, how about this one? It what will be higher? All of the viewers for as long as the XFL lasts in its second coming, or one Super Bowl viewing?
0: I mean, that's that's easy, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you would think so?
0: I mean, one hundred eighty million people watch a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it's one hundred eighty million. I don't know. I know. My 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 uh my mindset has been has been affected by Game of Thrones. I'm not gonna do any spoilers, but last night's episode got me thinking a
1: lot today, Prano. What but how so?
0: Yeah, just, just how they're how they're writing the series at this point. But, but I'm also not overly critical. I I, I see the tweet and I got, I got off pretty quickly. I watched the episode. I scoured Twitter and then probably five minutes in, I said, "What am I doing?" It's just everyone is so critical. It's it's to me, it's the person. There's no here. Here's the here's the crossover. The person who hides behind the Kobe Bryant picture and is uh so critical of someone in the NBA is the person who hides behind the dragon avi and is critical of the writing and i and i and I, and and we can be critical to a degree but i always want to say this guys it's not an easy job this season is but this show has been going on for 8 seasons it's a wonderful show it's well written i like the storylines i like the arcs so these people who just bitch and moan just shut up and enjoy the damn show enjoy it for what it is
1: Oh, it's a it's it's it gets built up so much that these things they take a life for their own and no one knows how to end it and that's just that just become like thing like the the disappointing like last season last few episodes of the show because these shows do it where they just I actually kind of almost prefer the old style thing where we just did it until it sucked and then we just like let it go I mean remember how critical people were of the final Seinfeld
0: Oh my God it got destroyed
1: the final sopranos the final lost the final breaking bad
0: well i don't remember the breaking bad well i remember sopranos got a lot of criticism which again it didn't bother me i like the ambiguity of it how they left it does i does, I, mean, I thought does he get whacked doesn't he what happened you know
1: i, I mean i thought the final sopranos was fantastic and i i st- people it it's something that keeps coming up in a question to me and i keep replying the same way people keep going uh Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones? To which I reply, (laughs) *Sopranos*.
0: Yeah. So that's a and I and I I'd be that'd be tough to argue. I love *Sopranos* was a great series. Yeah. Okay, but we're talking. We're 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 going off on tangents, Joe. It is uh, it's time to wrap up this episode. I am happy. I will be back next. uh, What's it called? Next episode with our guy. Robert Latow from Black Sports Online. So that will be... Podcast
1: when- host Andy Ruther returns from Cincinnati to west coast of Los Angeles, specifically Venice Beach, invites me to Track to record podcast picks and vit.
0: <laughs> Anything you want to push right now?
1: No, nope, just go to joeprano.com, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, and
0: uh, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. Uh, yeah, follow us at the Dirty Sports Guys, really follow us on Instagram. I, I just want to make a quick – I know you're sick of hearing it, but I, tw- I hadn't done this in forever, Joe, and this just shows. I tweeted out a link to my Instagram the night I was going as a juggalo, and I said, if you want to follow along the stories, follow me on Instagram. The amount of dirt balls that suddenly just followed me on Instagram was bl- bl- blew my mind. Like, who followed me on Twitter? Like, guys, if, yeah. you, if you listen to Joe and I, do us a favor. Follow him at Joe Prano. Follow me at Andy Ruther. It takes two seconds. And if you want some beer koozies, drop an iTunes review. Leave your Twitter handle in the iTunes review. We, uh, we, we, we got some interesting ones the, the last couple of days, which I, I was just cracking up at on the iTunes reviews. Uh, just one that just made me laugh. I sent it to Cutter. I'll read it here quickly. The title says, makes fun of people with special needs, one out of five stars. I was on Twitter and one of the co-hosts called someone fully special needs. Needless to say, that is not okay. And I sent it to Cutter and he goes, was that you or Prano? And I go, I have no clue. I go, but that's so funny.
1: It's It was me. I was arguing uh, with somebody. What was he arguing about? Oh, he was—he was on. Kyrie is a fantastic player still, and the Knicks should want him. And I was like, "Wow!" And then I actually did something. I was like, "I wonder, I wonder if this guy, being a Knicks fan, is just like the world's most clueless Knicks fan." And so I put his name into the search, and I put Mello, and it's just like hundreds of mellow defending tweets. And I was like, I put your name and Mellow into the search bar to see if you were fully a special needs Knicks fan, and turn. <laughs> and it turns out you are.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because this this review was left four days ago. That's yeah. right. That's right around when that series ended. That's so funny. And thank you. Also,
1: f- also, also, I'll say to that anybody out there, like, special needs is like that's decadina- the. That can mean a million different things. You're, you're – in this guy's case, he has special needs. He needs somebody to explain basketball to him. Yeah, that is, that is the special need that he needs. There's also a good chance that if you understand basketball this poorly, you probably also have the special need of somebody feeding you um, blended food so that you don't choke to death.
0: And the truth what? is that that's not a derogatory term. Special needs is the politically correct term to use nowadays
1: right it's yeah it's ridiculous like the the, like the 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 like sad like i you know i'm offended like i didn't say like people i I find it more offensive when people try to take that and take retarded and take special needs and make it about being handicapped
0: yeah speaking of special needs not to cut you off our 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 system is finally shitting out it's making a buzzing. So let's wrap this up.
1: All right. Well, our system has special needs right now. That's it doesn't mean that it has like muscular dystrophy.
0: Yeah. It just means it's uh, giving me problems. Okay, balls. thanks for listening to the episode. Once again, we'll be live on YouTube, and that will be Thursday's episode on audio with Robert Latow from Black Sports Online. Looking forward to getting back. Thank you for sticking around. And most importantly, stay dirty.